Blog Talk Radio. Two women who picked up guitars as teenagers and never looked back. Shelby Lanterman and Natalie Gelman are going to be with us today. It's Music Friday Live. Catch them in this linen net. Keep on so I don't forget. From Los Angeles, California, it's Music Friday Live, brought to you by World Arts, a global platform for musicians, fans in the music industry, and by MySanFelipeVacation.com, your source for a great getaway on the Sea of Cortez. I'm your host, Patrick O'Heffernan. This is your show. These bands are here to talk with you. So call us, 347-215-7511, or email your questions and comments to musicfridaylive at gmail.com. Well, I want to welcome our listeners on the cyberstationusa.com network and their radio affiliates, and also to all of you listening to us on Stitcher and on iTunes. And if you are listening live and have questions or comments for our guests, you can call us. But if you're listening on a podcast or a rebroadcast on one of the East Coast stations, email your questions to musicfridaylive at gmail.com. Musicfridaylive at gmail.com. We'll forward them to the, uh, to the guests. And also, if you're listening to us in London tonight, all right, tonight, you can do the, the, the same thing. We will do that. Now, I want to warn everybody, I still have a little bit of a throat tickle. So once in a while, I may have to, you know, cough. We have a little red button on the microphone that allows me to cough silently, but it may sound like I have disappeared. I haven't. Or at least I try not to. Okay. All right. Well, Shelby Landerman writes and sings with a kind of innocent power. Her voice is unpretentious, but she has an edgy intensity that makes you pay very careful attention. Her songs pull no punches. Her lyrics flow with the bluntness of someone who feels she does not need to protect herself behind elliptical verses or an, or an opaque chorus. The result is music that is urgent, demanding, and much more sophisticated than it sounds on first listen, which, of course, is why you listen again and again. Her new album, Paper Thin, combines her innocence and her intensity in a musical range from gentle acoustic poetry to high-volume rock. And best of all... Best of all, she is with us today to talk about the evolution of this 12-year-old with a guitar to a powerful voice on stages across the country. Shelby, welcome to Music Friday Live. Hello. Thanks for having me. <laughs> well, first of all, uh, you're on tour right now. You have a gig tonight in San, in San Antonio, so where are you right now? I am somewhere in the middle of Texas, in a little town. I'm pulled into a parking lot at a gas station. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Well, um, I understand that, that your cell connection is a little weak, and uh, so let me ask our listeners to, uh, <clears throat> to, go, to just have a little patience. Uh, she's projecting as hard as she can, and um, <laughs> we'll have a great time. Well, I wanted to say, uh, Paper Thin is stunning. It, it is is it as personal as it sounds? I mean, where did this album come from? Well, actually, the, the songs that are on Paper Sin um, are kind of a collection of original songs that I've been writing for a while. 
Um, I was in a lot of bands in high school. I didn't start playing uh, as a solo singer-songwriter until I was maybe 19 or 20, a little bit older. And um, But I had kind of written these songs while I was in high school and, and doing big rock bands and stuff like that. Uh, I'm kind of an unusual singer-songwriter in the sense that I don't write a lot from personal experience. I kind of uh, make up stories in my head that kind of play out like movies, if that makes sense. And um, so it, it it's it's kind of personal, um, but I wouldn't say they're from personal experience, if if that makes sense at all. <laughs> oh, uh, of course. I I realize that uh, sometimes there's stories in your head, and sometimes they're from movies or or rather books, because I know you're a bookworm. So so let's yeah. listen a little bit. So not keep our audience in the dark and listen to Paper Thin. Like you said, you, you, you make up characters and stories drawn from books rather than from your personal experience. So I have to ask you, how do you get so much feeling into a song about an imaginary situation? Um, well, when I was a kid, I was, I was very interested in acting. I did a lot of plays and, and uh, stuff. So I kind of had the emotion, the feelings of that character and sort of from the perspective of Unfortunately, we are losing you. So I tell you what, we're gonna uh, we're gonna play the next song, which is "I Blame You." It's a song about two characters, and then we'll see if we can uh, get you back on a, a better connection. So this is "I Blame You" by. somebody real or imaginary there <laughs> um that well i blame you is actually kind of um it, it it that's actually a very personal song i'm kind of writing uh about myself 
Wow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Which is interesting, uh, given that your band is called The Blameless. <laughs> There's got to be a story in there someplace, I'm sure. Um, seems to me that, you know, you've got a pretty heavy touring schedule. I'm just looking at this touring schedule. You're going through Texas and Oklahoma and Tennessee and North Carolina and or- and Oregon and back to California again. So you've got a pretty heavy touring schedule and you've got the demands of writing and recording. Um, but you also love to produce too. Where do you get all the time I to do, do this stuff? <laughs> well, I, I am a full-time musician and I just, I, I love, I love doing it. I love to, to just work and I love to create music in any form. And, and so it's, it's pretty easy to work a lot when you love what you do, you know. Is that, um, is that why you, uh, you learned garage band and then got yourself a degree in sound engineering? Yeah. Yeah. I basically, once I started playing guitar and I fell in love with, with playing in bands and writing music, I just, wanted to do it all the time so I just exposed myself to it in, in every way I in every way I could so well that's unusual uh, they're very I think you're probably the only musician I've talked to in in almost four years now that has a degree in sound engineering that you really understand what goes on there I mean a lot of them are fairly sophisticated but uh, that's going above and beyond and I, I congratulate you for that right oh thank well, you thank you <laughs> Well, speaking of producing, uh, well, before that, let me just point out that you're a very busy girl, and <laughs> Napa is sort of known for being the laid-back wine country. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. Where did you? How did you grow up in Napa and get all that energy? <laughs> well, I, like I said, I mean, I've just always been in love with music, and and I think the music industry just gives me the the energy to keep going i just i just want to play music all the time and and uh, it doesn't really feel stressful or feel like work to me because i'm doing what i love and uh i i, I don't know i think I, I think i get the energy maybe from drinking too much coffee or something <laughs> i don't know <laughs> well well after looking at some of your videos i suspect you also get a lot of energy being in front of a uh, an appreciative crowd too as you oh you yeah look- you look pretty happy up there. Well, speaking of producing, um, tell us about the Emerging Artists series. Yeah, so the Emerging Artists series was uh, was a, a, a couple of shows that I put together in the Bay Area of California. And um, I basically just wanted to get some of my amazing singer-songwriter friends up on stage in front of people I wanted to sort of jam with them and just get their music exposed to my audiences and, and, and vice versa. And, um, and it, it was, it was great. It's, it's just a lot of fun. They're like singer songwriter in the round kind of shows. And they're, they're always really fun. I just get to play on stage with my friends basically. And, and it's always awesome. It's always awesome. <laughs> what, what more could you ask for than getting on stage with your friends and playing music? What a brilliant idea. Exactly. <laughs> well, we're talking with uh, Shelby Lannerman about her new album, Paper Thin, and her tour, which she's now on, calling us from a parking lot in a little town in Texas. You can talk with her, too. You can call us at uh, 347-215-7511, or you can email us. And, you know, some of you already have emailed, but I'm going to give the uh, 
the email address out anyway. It's musicfridaylive at gmail.com. And since we already have some emails, I'm going to uh, um, read one of them that seems very timely. Um, This is um, Marguerite in San Antonio, Texas, and she wants to know, where are you playing tonight? (laughs) We are playing at The Cove in San Antonio. Okay, Marguerite, that's the Cove, and you and all of your friends should be there. What, what time do you, um, you go on stage uh, tonight, Shelby? We'll start around 9 o'clock. Okay, 9 o'clock. So, Marguerite, you and your friends should show up there at 8 o'clock, have four drinks, get your each, and get yourself in a, uh, a good position near the stage, and you're going to have a lot of fun. And speaking <laughs> of having a lot of fun... Um, We've got a song here that I think is a lot of fun. Let's uh, let's play a little bit of My Heart is Not a Weapon. What a great concept. Let me say, I, I really love the, the intro uh, to that song. It, it sets the listener up for, for what's coming really nicely. And secondly, I love the concept. Where'd you get the idea for that song? Uh, well, basically, I, I, I was going through a period when I was writing where I, I wanted to write real rock stuff because my roots are really with real rock and roll. I I grew up listening to a lot of like 70s and 90s classic rock and and uh, a lot of my songs before this song that I'd written were kind of slow and mellow and a little more singer songwritery and uh I just wanted to sort of amp it up and really show where my actual roots are, my influences and so I just sat down with the guitar one day and just was sort of experimenting with some uh, cool riffs and I came up with that intro and it just sort of evolved from there and and uh, I I don't know why but the phrase my heart is not a weapon was just sort of going through my head and, and uh, once I figured out that that's what I wanted the title of the song to be it just kind of all came together after after that so it's kind of my way of just showing where my influences are. <laughs> so So it didn't come from a book or something like that? No, 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 not that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, which of your songs did come from a book? Well, Paper Thin is uh, definitely inspired by a book, and uh, uh, Hit the Ground is inspired by the, uh, a book, and um, uh, what's the other one? Oh, uh, well, Whiskey Drinking Woman is also inspired by a book. Most of my other ones are, are inspired by books. <laughs> okay. Right. You, you ought to put out a reading list on your, on your website for your, your fans. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. a good so, idea, yeah. <laughs> uh, towards the, uh, the you know, I, I, I can see now the, the Shelley Landerman Reading Club. Uh, towards the <laughs> end of the song... <laughs> Uh, you really let loose, and your, your arrangement is very smart. It, it, there's a break, 
and which sets up the the listeners for for what's coming um, for what's coming. So so where did you learn this kind of sophisticated arrangement? Is that from your days in in Nashville? Um, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's it's uh, mostly from my days in Nashville, just being exposed to a lot of great songwriters and seeing their process and, and hearing how they uh, write a song and put a song together. And it's also um, it's also just from my experience just listening to music, I kind of, when I, when I listen to music, I, I kind of listen really hard and kind of uh, pick out things that I like about different songs and their arrangements and try and incorporate that into, into uh, in my music and kind of hear, I try to listen for different like techniques and stuff in, in other people's writing. So. Um. Oh, we've got some more emails, but I have one more question about uh, uh, Nashville uh, for you in, in that I've had other musicians on the air and also musicians I know who have gone to Nashville and, and um, actually worked as songwriters. And mm-hmm. they have said that um, <clears throat> there's kind of a formula or template for writing songs in Nashville. And that when you come to California, you don't have the template. You sort of do what you want. Is that what you found? Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. I, I definitely kind of feel that. I think, um, in Nashville, there's there's a certain formula and there's a certain technique that that just works. Um, when you get to California, people people are a little more sort of free thinking and and uh, they really want to just sort of uh, uh, let loose creatively creatively and and um, uh, I don't think there's really one way that than the other or whatever. But um, you know, I I definitely can I definitely sense that when I was in Nashville, there's a certain formula in a certain way things work and, and obviously it works <laughs> uh, obviously it works on in both places well we got some more emails here um chi chi and hollywood uh wants to know who is in your band and are they traveling with you now uh well my guitarist is uh texas mccully he's uh, a great singer songwriter from the san francisco area as well and um, he is traveling with me. He'll be joining me in Nashville. And um, he's he's an amazing singer-songwriter, and he's an amazing guitarist. And, and um, he's uh, he's just awesome, and I'm so lucky to have him. And then I have uh, um, my uh, drummer and my guitarist back home in Napa, uh, Jade Rohr and Monica Lazarick, and they're, they're awesome. So um, it's mainly an all-female band except for Texas. <laughs> Oh, that's interesting. Uh, I, I hadn't noticed that. Mainly an all-female band. Well, that's good. There are actually a lot of uh, of all-female bands. Uh, uh, a friend and, and guest on the show, uh, Militia Vox, has uh, an all-female heavy metal band, which is quite a sight to see. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, Ralston in San Rafael wants to know if you ever play in Marin County. I do play in Marin County a lot. Uh, I, I play at the Sweetwater Music Hall in Mill Valley a lot, and I play at the Hot Monk Tavern in Novato a lot. And uh, I'll definitely be setting something up here soon. So if you want to keep updated, you can just stay updated on my website. And, yeah, I'll be announcing some Marin County and San Francisco dates soon. So. Okay. Have you ever played in the Phoenix in San Rafael? The Phoenix, no, no. I've heard a lot of great things about that place, though. I've been trying to sort of get in there for a while. <laughs> yeah, it, it's one of the best sound systems on the West Coast. It, they put a lot of money into that place, and it, it really sounds <laughs> like it. Um, Bellew, and I hope I'm not 
mangling your name, Balu, but Balu in San Diego says, uh, next time you're in L.A., you should reserve a night and come on down to, to San Diego. We've got some good rock clubs here. Try this Casbah. You ever play in San oh, Diego? Oh, for sure. I I played in San Diego before. I played. I love San Diego. It's such a it's such a great city. And I played at a couple clubs down there. I played at the uh, Lestat, um, the little coffee house, and and stuff like that. But I, yeah, for sure, I love San Diego. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I wanted to um, return to the sound engineering degree. Um, has it affected your songwriting and your singing at all? Uh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. It, 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 it makes me think a little bit more critically about, um, my songwriting and, and, uh, and what I'm doing. It definitely makes me think a little more critically. It, it's kind of made me understand a little bit better, uh, um, sound stuff and, and, uh, how to get the best sound out of my voice and my guitar and all that. So I, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely um, improved my sound a lot just because I, I can hear things and notice things now that I didn't before. And, and I have a really good uh, perspective on, uh, on arrangement and songwriting and, and stuff like that, that I didn't, that I didn't have before. So I'm, I'm very uh, grateful for that. And, and you can talk with the sound guys at the, at the clubs too. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and and not get not get dismissed as the girl with the guitar who doesn't know anything. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. In <laughs> <laughs> um, Paper Thin, um, you sing a line that uh, I prefer to be alone, but I am tired of being lonely. <laughs> Very yes. nice piece of poetry, but oh, you thank you. Have a, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just said thank you. <laughs> uh, but you have a band, and in songs like The Memory and Easy Way Out, these are really band rockers. So I wonder, which do you prefer to do? Do you, do you like the, the gentle guitar solos, or do you like really getting up there and blowing out with the band? Or does it depend? I think it depends. I think it depends. There, there are certain places and certain times where it's definitely fun to get up there with the band and just rock out and let loose. Uh, there are situations where I'm playing someplace a little more intimate where I, uh, it's really nice to be able to sort of strip down to just one or two guitars in my voice. Um, I mean, I guess overall, uh, I, I'm kind of prefer playing with the band. It's just always a little more fun to play with other people. Uh, but there is something really nice, uh, when I get the chance to play solo, there's something really nice about that, that intimacy and that rawness. Uh, that you don't get with the band. So there, there's there's pros and cons to both, you know. Okay. Well, we're going to play one of those rockers now. I just, I, I could not let you go with, without giving <laughs> our audience a, a taste of what you can do when you really blow out with the band. So here is Easy Way Out.
Wow, you rock, lady. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I bet that that that's an audience pleaser. You get every when you're out on the road. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> right. And speaking of the road, which you're now on, um, Texas, Oklahoma, North Carolina, California, Tennessee, California. I, I did I miss any states in there? I don't think so. <laughs> I think you got them all. Okay. All right. And you're driving the whole way, right? Oh, yes, in my little 2002 Honda Civic. <laughs> are are you um uh sort of keeping a diary as you go along and 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 writing down notes for materials for other songs? Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Being on the road is a great place to to get inspired and and write. So I I try to to document everything as much as possible. Sometimes it gets a little gets a little hectic and I'm not able to do it, but I try to write as much as possible on the road. It's just it's there's nothing like it. There's so much inspiration um in all these different towns and yeah. Well, I I don't know how you do it that uh cuz you know, I write <laughs> a lot, but I have to sort of be concentrating i don't think i could uh put aside all the distractions but then i'm not creative so there it is uh, <laughs> well people can find out about your tour on your website uh which is uh shelly lanterman uh, music.com and yes. uh, where's the best place that people can go to to get your music uh well i have all my links on my website shelby lanternmusic.com but uh, I'm on Spotify, I'm on iTunes, I'm on all under my name, Shelby Lanterman, and um, like I said, you can find all of that on my website. So. Okay. Oh, we just got an email, and I have to read, and uh, and, and this is from a Blaine in um, Napa, and he wants to know, have you ever met David Grohl? <laughs> Dave Grohl. I have not met Dave Grohl. Um He's probably asking that because a lot of people that know me know that the Dave Grohl is like my hero, my inspiration. I, I'm obsessed with the Foo Fighters and Dave Grohl. And um, no, I have not had the chance to meet Dave Grohl yet, but uh, but I'm hoping too soon. <laughs> well, but Blaine must be one of your fans if he knew to ask that question. Well, Shelby, <laughs> you're a great singer, you're a great songwriter, and you're a good sport too. So I want to thank you for being with us today. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you. <laughs> now, Shelby's new album is Paper Thin. You can stream it on Spotify and her website. You can get a copy on iTunes, CD Baby, Bandcamp, and Google Play. Check out her tour. And we have to take a break now and uh, let you know about our broadcast partner, World Arts. But uh, don't go away. World Arts brings the entire music world together on one global stage. We give artists the tools to sell and license their music, interact with industry pros, and play live to a whole new audience. Wherever they are on their journey, we want artists to get paid for what they create. At World Arts, fans can discover new songs, get exclusive rewards, and crowdfund projects for artists. Brands can offer opportunities for artists to create original content that fans can instantly vote on and share. World Arts is the global music platform where we can all rise above the noise. Take your career to the next level. Discover new artists. At World Arts, it's all about the music.
We're back. This is Patrick O'Heffernan. I'm your host here at uh, Music Friday Live. And let me just remind you that if you're a band or a fan or a member of the music industry, you should be part of World Arts. So sign up now, www.worldarts.com. It's free. We're there, and you should be too. I'm Patrick O'Heffernan, and of course, we'd always like to hear from you. You can call in 347-215-7511, or you can email. A lot of you have been emailing, so I guess you're at at work and you got your headphones on. You can't call in, but you can email us, so go right ahead. We'll uh, we'll read your emails on the air. Uh, But right now, I want to, uh, on a little trip to Mexico. Just two hours south of the California border lies the enchanting seaside town of San Felipe, Baja California, where friendly people, warm waters, and a relaxing vacation awaits. And it all starts at www.mysanfelipevacation.com. Whether you choose to golf on the 18-hole championship course overlooking the Sea of Cortez with friends, enjoy a romantic weekend for two on the beach, or take the whole family for a fun-filled weekend of shopping and activities, you'll be sure to find just the right accommodations at MySanFelipeVacation.com. So what are you waiting for? Isn't it time you got away? Visit www.MySanFelipeVacation.com today. That's www.MySanFelipeVacation.com. See you in San Felipe. When I grow up, I want a voice like that. Well, if you are in Southern California or Arizona, there's a fabulous vacation waiting for you. Just a half a day's drive. That's all. In San Felipe, down on the Sea of Cortez. The key to this paradise, as you just heard, is mysanfelipevacation.com. But there's one more thing. If you put in the code MFLA5, you get a discount. So remember, mysanfelipevacation.com. Put in the discount code M-F-L-A-5, and you'll be really glad you did. Well, Natalie Gelman is talented, courageous, beautiful, brainy, witty, creative, and lots more adjectives that are probably making her blush just hearing them. But after listening to her music and following her career for the past three years, it is the word she spoke at a TED Talk in 2014 in Seattle that will always stay with me. She said that she lives in the question, or as she quotes Mike Tyson, everybody has a plan until they're punched in the face. I think, and she can correct me on this if I'm wrong, that her openness to the possibilities of life is much of the energy that electrifies her songs. And they are electric, not in the guitar sense, she plays acoustic, but in crackling lyrics and high voltage arrangements. Listening to her is living in the question because, well, you never know how the songs are going to affect you this time. So by giving us questions to live in, she shows us our own possibilities. And I am so proud to welcome Natalie Gelman to Music Friday Live. Welcome. Thank you so much, Patrick. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. Good to be here. Well, well, Natalie, um, a lot of things have happened since we talked last. You've released more albums. You've toured London, Europe. You've crisscrossed the country. I think you got married in there somewhere. Um, I did. Are you, are you still living in the question? <laughs> I am. You know, it's so funny. I just wrote, I was just telling someone about it the other day. And it's something that I, I actually wrote about this whole thing to um, people who kickstarted my record that's coming out this year. 
but so much of our lives is out of our control. I mean, I, I would be hesitant to say all of it <laughs> because, you know, we've we got to hold on to something. There's, there's hope that we are controlling some stuff, and there's obviously willpower and stuff, but you've got to surrender. And I, but my happiest times are when I'm not surrendered out of a place of like, oh, my gosh, this whole day has been horrible. I need wine. I need uh, more coffee and then wine, whatever it is. <laughs> you know, instead of saying, wait, what can I do now? Like, and maybe there's a reason and all, all that stuff is wrapped up in that question mark on my hand. And unfortunately it's a lesson I think we learn over and over again because there's different aspects of it, but, um, but it's a great reminder. It's, it's been such a health, healthy, health, health, healthy. I just made up a word, healthy and helpful. <laughs> reminder all right. Reminded me, you reminded me about the, uh, the question mark. Well, I want to play a song that seems to have a lot of questions in it, and it's also the score of a video that certainly has questions in it. This is hunting down the love. She is gonna make you howl. You shouldn't give kisses where you can't give love, baby. You woke up the lion. She's gonna hunt you down. For cats, but one more is too many. If you want it where it's at, you shouldn't give kisses where you can't give love. Maybe you woke up the lion, now you best be running fast. A cloth you tear the bed, she's up to stitches from your skin. So careful not to go too far, the murder is a sin. Her lips can leave their mark upon your body and your soul, and you'll get The lyrics in that, you woke up the lion and she always has her way. You might not be familiar, but today you'll have to pay. You'll get out alive if you just do what you're told. Well, the song seems to be about love and sex and consequences, but the video that goes with it says something much larger. It says that there is a lioness awake in America and she's not happy. Is that true? Has the lioness been awakened and are you spreading her, her message? I think so, and you know, to be to be fair, that's where the song—that um, was the song's inception—was out of a "You Done Me Wrong" really simple place. I mean, and and the the backstory is not even that exciting. <laughs> but um, I think that I I got inspired by that song myself, and I I have this rebirth with songs of mine that. I mean, the song came out in 2014 as well, and but it had been written a few years prior. And so as songs sort of age, I get, I have to change as a performer my intentions with them. And often I just take what I wrote the first the song about in the first place and just place it onto a very similar situation. You know, it finds a home in a very similar another you done me wrong story or you know something that i'll write about um touring one year won't necessarily have you know the same heartbreak but there's always these parallels you know and so you apply it you give it a fresh meaning and that goes into 
you know, growing up studying opera and musical theater and having my intentions when I'm on stage be so clear and so specific. Um, and so the song, the, the, the vengeful, lustful place that the song came from was, was short-lived, you know, like that inspiration wasn't really uh, inspiring for very long, which really says a lot about, (laughs) you know, but I, I always loved the song though. And I had all these ideas for what I wanted to do with a music video. Um, And originally I thought, gosh, maybe I should do something celebrating women and, showing like all different bodies and dancing. Um, so I have this really extensive ballet, jazz, modern dance background. Um, and I've always wanted to put that in a music video and I haven't. Um, but I thought, wouldn't it be special to show all these women, like and almost like a Dove ad campaign, you know, just to, to kind of simplify it. But obviously like they're celebrating wholesome women. And, and I, you know, without, I don't know, I don't like attaching myself to anything because I I think I was reading something the other day about, like, we should be hypocrites. Like, we should change our minds. And if we're not, like, then we're not staying open to the question. We're not, like, being willing to learn, like, realizing there's new ways of doing things and there's new ways of thinking. And it's totally okay to change your mind and your opinion. Um, I mean, if we didn't, we would still have slavery. We would still have women not voting. Like, so I'm all for being a hypocrite. Um, and and uh, a, I, should, I should explain that better, but I'm all, I don't want to get quoted on saying that. Uh, I wouldn't call I mean? it being a hypocrite. I would call it being adaptable. Yes, we should, we should be absolutely adaptable. And well, um, if you look at that video, so though, that the messages in that video are pretty unequivocal, particularly when uh, you look at a blog that you wrote in which you said that uh, the song embraces chaos, um, but it should stimulate conversations. And I wonder, yeah. is that video going to stimulate conversations or is it going to shut them down? You know, it has. I mean, and already, even with my own family, um, and I might have said this, and he'll, he'll not, he won't listen, so it's totally fine. I'll put my dad on the spot. But my dad didn't get it and you know he's eastern european um comes from a very sort of simple the way he grew up was very like women take care of everything and do everything and and um you know not you know has that russian ukrainian way of life and and i i wasn't really raised with him so i didn't really grow up you know, knowing that I was raised by a single mom and like had a really independent childhood. So I think that, that I'm definitely a much more open person and a very fearless person. Um, had I been, you know, raised with that kind of first, first generation Russian, uh, Ukrainian thing, like I might have been a totally different person. Um, we might not be talking. Right today. Yeah. yeah, totally. No, I'd be a classical okay. musician if, if they had their way. So he didn't get it. And I, I urged him to see it again. And I think I mentioned this in the, in the video that there are some people who just didn't get it. It it tends to be, I've had quite a few of my artists, um, compadres, um, and people who I really respect in the fashion world that do things, you know, just all, all sorts of interesting people who do things that are very against the grain, love it. But I am, 
I, we did put things in there. The intention is to, to start conversation and to really the question that you can boil it down to, I wanted people to think, who am I in bed with? Who do I intimately let into my life? Who, am I, who is seeing me and vulnerably probing me with, with ideas? And to have some thoughts about it, even if they don't have a conversation with their spouse or their friends about it, you know, just with themselves, you know, why, why do you think these things? And I just personally, like, I don't really feel like I ever will know enough about politics. You know, we were just watching some of what's going on right now with the CIA, and, like, I don't want to get on a soapbox and, like, be a folk singing um, uh, political figure that's not um, – something I feel like I could do well and something I'm genuinely inspired to do. But I do feel like a lot of people make decisions and, and claim these, these beliefs when they haven't put enough thought into them. So that was my goal. Okay. Well, uh, I, I think you did, and I love the song. But let's move on to a very different song. This is uh, Longston Broses. <laughs> You are a, a very uh, independent person, and you've succeeded it. But it's, that success, of course, has not been without drama, as no success is. So I was listening to the, the lyrics in Longstem Roses, and particularly contrasted with the lyrics in The Lion. In Longstem Roses, you sing, And I haven't got another single care in the world but holding on to you, which seems like a happy love song. But later on, you say, Are we happy? I suppose, but really... Who the hell knows? Um, you see much more in the question in Longstem Roses than in The Lion. Or am I misreading you or am I misunderstanding? No, that's, yeah, for sure. That's the question with love. And I think any, that, was, that song's about a long-term relationship and, and that you, at the end of the day, I, I actually saw something about Michelle and Obama where she said something about, you know, if you look at him and you are proud of him and you're, and you're his friend at the end of this, like, it, you know, with your, with your partner. And I think that we all come to that in a long-term relationship where you're like, God, yeah, that thing you do really gets on my nerves. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and maybe you're not even happy, but you respect that person you're with. And maybe they challenge you, they inspire you, whatever it is. Like, there's a groundedness in the relationship that I was thinking about. Okay. And all that right. song took, like, three and a half years to write. So, so all right. I had to, a, yeah. had a long-term relationship with the song, too. 
We are talking yeah. with Natalie Gelman about her new album, her songs, and being in the question. You can talk with her, too. You can call us at 347-215-7511, or you can email us. Some of you already have, uh, but I'll give the address anyway. It's musicfridaylive at gmail.com. Now, uh, Natalie, you were on a 10-week, 8-country, 29-performance tour that landed you in 26 beds and 7 couches. Uh, Sounds like you really embraced the chaos and had a great time. It also sounds like the people in Europe loved you, too. Was that your first uh, big tour of Europe? It was. It was my first tour of Europe ever. Um, I'd been before. I studied opera over there about 10 years prior. But, yeah, it it was an amazing trip, and I can't wait to do it again. I'm hoping with this next record to get over, not for such a long time, but <laughs> definitely another tour of Europe in the future. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to, um, we're going to play a, a song from your album. Um, and which I believe from that tour, this is the answer and it's from the London live, uh, album. Here we go. Life made me some promises it never meant to keep. Set me up to break me down. In places where I'm weak Held me up against each day Hope on the soles of my feet But life made me some promises It never meant to keep Love took my heart before It wandered off to Something prettier and lovelier than what it left behind. It didn't mean to break me. That's just its design. The way Love. you use your your voice in this song is is very very interesting. Um, you use a lower register and you're more monotone. And since you have a, a beautiful voice. Why did you decide on that particular style for that song? Um, I think that I just, it wasn't a super conscious decision. Um, I do have people sometimes say to me, oh my gosh, you work so hard. Like you work so hard when you're singing. And part of that's because I have a really big voice and, and it opens up, you know, and it takes, when I, when I, I grew up, we haven't mentioned this yet, but I grew up singing in the subways in New York City and you know, sometimes people think, oh, after three hours of singing, you should be tired, but my voice would be at its best. And it, when you have a really large instrument, it takes a long time to clear out, you know, everything. It's like you have to, to warm it up. So I wrote that song, not with that intention, but it's just another part of my voice, which was interesting. And I'd also been spending a lot more time listening to Jack Johnson, Ben Harper, um, just that more... Um, in the pocket, you know, a more a more mellow thing where it's about the words. Um, and I think I think that the words probably informed me subconsciously. Like it's a very introspective song, um, and it was another song. I had I didn't mention this about Long Stem Roses, but it took me three and a half years to write that, and I finished it as part of a co-write because 
I mean, that those those lyrics that are, even though they're universal, they're also very intimate. It's a very vulnerable thing to to put it out there. Like, hey, I don't know if we work or not. I don't know if if we're happy or not. But mm. or not if we don't work or not. But um, so I I'm getting I'm getting a little lost in my own thoughts. But I. <laughs> I wrote that song, The Answer, in a similar way. Oh, that's what I was going to say. So Long Stem Roses was written at the time when I first started writing it. I thought, this is about my friend's parents. And I saw them going through the motions, like being friends, but not like respecting each other as much as I thought they would after all their years of marriage or whatever it was. And I just, I wrote it about them. And afterwards realized, oh, no, this was about me and my last relationship. And it took that sort of detachment to be honest and truthful. And the answer was written, um, I was asked to write end credit, an end credit song for a film, for a short film that I acted in. And it was about a man who um, was living out of his car and presented himself to the world, you know, as a businessman, because that's what he had been, but he had lost everything and was going through the motions of trying to find a job and finding a newspaper in a trash can and like going and sitting on a bench and like sharing what he had to share, giving what he could, but you know, he was beaten up as a world. And I watched his, this, the short and, um, you know, knew the story. I'd, I'd known the writer. It was a long term project, even though it was a short film. And when everything was said and done, like, and everything came down to it, they thought I was, gonna write a gospel song and I was like oh that's not what I do like <laughs> you gotta find no. someone else um <laughs> I was really so happy that that song came about and I stood behind it from the beginning I said you know what actually I guess this was about me like I I wrote this for me because I had gone through so much emotionally and I still am um you know, I had been signed to a production deal and I really felt like okay this is my chance like I had been singing for ever by that point and and writing my own songs and doing my own songs for um, 10, 12 years by that point. And I thought, okay, this is how I get, you know, signed to a record label or whatever happens for me. That's the next step happens now. And then nothing happened. And I, I think I mentioned that there's another answer to the, not answer, uh, ancillary. I don't know. There's an extra little video that goes with the TED talk of the answer. And I I say like, this is, the song I wrote in between realizing I knew nothing, the desperation of being like, Oh my God, I'm, I know nothing. Like I was 25. I think I had my, my spiel figured out and I don't. And, (laughs) and realizing how good it was to know nothing. And it kind of helped me to know. (laughs) Well, it it resulted in a great song. Uh, We've got some emails in here. Uh, And I wanted to squeeze them in. Um, Somo in New York city. Um, wants to know when you're not in the subway, do you ever play in New York with a band? Not much. No, I, I, I usually don't play with a band in general. Um, I bring there's bands on my records, obviously, but, you know, but I will pull musician friends of mine sometimes and make like a duo with a, another guitar player or banjo or bass or, um, uh, cajon, um, that kind of thing. And even if there's a friend in okay. the audience, you know, they'll come up and sing harmonies, that kind of thing. Okay. Um, Rachel in New York City, all your New York fans are emailing in, wants to know what line do you like to play on when you're in town? I guess you mean subway line. Uh, yeah. Well, I still really love 
and I haven't actually played there, but I really love the 34th Street Pet um, Sensation 2-3 Express. That's kind wow. of, that was my old stomping ground before I was sort of an official Music Under New York performer. Um, but my favorite Music Under New York spot is the uh, Staten Island Ferry Terminal because you have this air, like air-conditioned terminal or heated terminal and you're not like subject to the elements and you've got all these captive audience members every right. ferry and they like they're, they're okay. from all over the world it's great yeah. so. okay uh dexter in san francisco wants to know uh did you tour europe alone i did i wow. had brent my now husband join me for five weeks in the middle of it um and i I'm such a fearless person. We haven't talked about this either, but I actually rollerbladed from Miami to New York City when I graduated college and did this crazy, crazy adventure. I don't know, maybe we talked about it in our last interview. But I, as I've gotten older, and I think as everyone gets older, you get a little bit fearful. And I'm so happy you came with me because when I headed out, I was like, oh, it's okay if I can't make it. Like, you know, I, I didn't, I don't, I mean, I speak some German, but I don't speak any of these languages. And I was driving myself in Germany and I don't, I'm a New Yorker, like, I still have a thing about that, but yeah, it was, okay. um, it was a process of well, figuring it out. <laughs> well, the next interview, maybe we'll, we'll hear some of those stories right now. I want to hear most of the while. Sure. Such a a nice laid back love song. Uh, was that about a, a specific person or a specific part of your life? Oh, see, this is one of those times I hate. I love when things mean to people what they mean, and I actually wrote that as a love song to my audience and okay. how much I love doing this and how it it breaks my heart at the same time. I yeah. I could go on, but <laughs> what a great concept, a love song to my audience. I've got to think about that for a while. <laughs> well, and to the road and to, you know, this is, I think that a lot of musicians think, I mean, I, I definitely put in the time going, God, could I do something else? You know, like this is a hard profession and, Very and hard. I definitely go through a lot of ups and downs and, um, and I don't know why I put myself through it, except for I love writing songs and I love playing for people. And I and I and I do see yeah. so many people who come up to me saying that it makes an impression on their life, like it helps them. It, so it does, yeah. it very much does. Well, unfortunately, uh, we've been having too much fun because we're now out of time. Um, I want to make sure that our audience knows where to find your music. Where is the best place for them to go to get your music? Yeah, my hub is definitely my website, nataliegelman.com, 1L and Gelman. Um, and, and from there, I'm on Facebook. I'm really active on Twitter as well. As I know you are. And um, 
Instagram, I'm on uh, YouTube. I post a lot of videos. They can watch the music video for the song we just heard most of the while and for The Lion, which just came out. Okay. Um, disrupting yeah. the album cycle. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, uh, Natalie, I want to say thank you so much for taking the time to be with us, particularly when you are so busy. Uh, we really appreciate it. And uh, you've got so many wonderful things to say. We're going to have to have you on for an entire hour at some point. Ah, thanks. Um, quickly, you, you mentioned uh, an album this year. You have another album coming out this year? Yes. I've got a new record of 14 songs full length. So I'm really excited to be putting that out. Um, you have an no idea release when? date yet, but no, I, I had about um, 200 people kickstart it with me. So they're going to get it first. Um, and then okay. we're also going to try to shop it to a label, but okay. um, we'll see. Yeah. Well, let us let us Thank know. You. We'll have you back on um, when it's released or just before it's released to to give a little uh, a little promotion because uh, that's awesome. what we do here. Thanks, uh, Natalie Gelman. Uh, see her live if you can. She's got a great tour coming up. Check out the tour schedule on her website, nataliegelman.com. One Ellen Gelman, and uh, you can download free songs from her new website right now uh, from her live performances. You can also buy her album, Street Lamp Musician and Natalie Gelman, and you should buy her albums on her website, or you can get them on iTunes. You can stream her at Pandora, at Spotify, at SoundCloud. And I really want to thank, uh, thank her for being with us today. She is such a joy to, to talk to. You have been listening to Music Friday Live with, from Cyber Station USA, Blog Talk Radio, and our radio affiliates. Like our Facebook page, follow our Twitter feeds, and get real-time updates on our guests. Our producer, Lars Christensen. Our program director is Jason Bartlebin. Our intern is Angeline Serrano. Thanks, gang. Download this and other Music Friday Live programs at blogtalkradio.com slash musicfriday. Music Friday is going to Cuba. So we will be on a music trek in Cuba until the end of the month. So there will be no live shows, but there will still be podcasts, of course. But when we'll be back the first Friday of February with stories and songs from Cuba and a special guest, the fabulous Sarah Pakian, who's not from Cuba. She's from Ireland, but she's still special anyway. And actually, we may have some from Cuba, too. It all works. Check out our Twitter stream and our Facebook page, and we will update you on, uh, on our guest. And we'll be posting uh, photographs and videos from Cuba. That's it for now. Have a great musical weekend, and we're going to leave you with uh, uh, a song by uh, Shelby Lannerman, Never Given Up. Feeling